Hey everyone, this is Justin. If you're a fan of the show, you can help keep it on the air ad-free by becoming a supporter at our Patreon page. You can find it on our website at thisishappeningamerica.com. Thanks for listening. back with a very special This Is Happening America mini-sode, the second installment of Mark Fixes a Movie. Yay! Yay! (laughs) Mark, what movie are we fixing this week? It's a recent film, and I am fixing a glaring error in the sci-fi film Passengers. Don't you look fine this evening? We're on a date. Very nice. Took you long enough to ask. So, why did you give up your life on Earth? All right, viewers or listeners, whatever you are. If you haven't seen Passengers yet, you should turn off this episode of the podcast right now and go see Passengers because this is going to be a kind of a spoiler-filled episode. Yeah, this would be a very spoiler-filled episode, as are kind of all of the Mark, Mark Fixes movie segments because I really do delve deep into the actual story structure. So, if you don't want the movie spoiled i would recommend to see it first because it is worth a watch but uh and then come back and listen to it or if you don't care about spoilers and you're a reddit junkie then keep on listening all right mark what's wrong with this movie and how do you fix it okay well for starters passengers is a film that was released on december 21st in 2016 starring uh chris pratt who uh the beloved chris pratt well, his name's Chris, so he's yeah, working so in Hollywood. He, he's right one now. of the Chris's. Jennifer Lawrence, who love her, hate her, you loved her, now you hate her. Either way, Jennifer Lawrence, who's a great actress. Michael Sheen, another person personal love Michael character Sheen. actor favorite, Lawrence Fishburne. It was uh, directed by Morton Tildum, whose only real other directing credit was the imitation game. And it was written by Joe Spates, who has writing credits on Prometheus, Doctor Strange, and the upcoming movies The Mummy with Tom Cruise, and the second uh, the Pacific Rim sequel. Um, Passengers had a production budget of $110 million, and worldwide, it grossed over $303 million. Whoa. But only $100 million domestically in a 17-week 17, 17 run at the theaters, which is pretty much considered Ooh. a pretty big commercial flop, given the amount of hype around this movie. We boarded the Avalon with a destination. 120-year cybernation means a wake up in a new century on a new planet. But a year ago, everything changed. Hello? Anybody here? Hello? Do you know what's going on? Nobody else is awake. I think something went wrong with the hibernation pods. We woke up too soon. Ninety years too soon. This can't be happening. We have to go back to sleep. We can't. Something's wrong. Something big. What do we do now? Do you trust me? 
The basic plot is that two people wake up about 90 years too early on a spaceship, taking 5,000 passengers from Earth to a new colony on a distant planet. The only other company is an animatronic bartender played by Martin Sh- uh, Michael Sheen, not Martin Sheen. Totally different Sheens. Different different Sheens entirely. Yes, indeed. One one is British, one is not. Um, realizing they're marooned on the ship and doomed to die on it without reaching their final destination, Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence enjoy the high luxury of the ship and all its amenities while falling in love. But there are a few reasons they both woke up. The physical one that opens up Chris Pratt's starts the chain reaction of the ship slowly dying in space. This is a catalyst for some huge action sh- scenes in the end where he and Jennifer Lawrence have to save the rest of the people on board by fixing the ship with an assist from Lawrence Fishburne, who plays a crew member who also conveniently wakes up to teach the two leads a thing or two about the function or lack thereof of the ship. It's basically how the movie works. It's totally a movie I want to see, Mark. Okay, so here's the good. Uh, the film is visually stunning, and it was actually nominated for a couple Academy Awards, including Best Original Score and Best Production Design. Didn't win, though. Did not win. Which, as you may have heard in a previous minisode, doesn't matter. Um, the film is visually stunning, but with today's technology in the film industry, no sci-fi film should ever look bad. That's just being lazy. Take note, Michael Bay. Um, <laughs> Pratt and Lawrence do have great chemistry on, on screen, and Michael Sheen does shine as usual. Um... And the other thing I really liked story-wise from a writing perspective was the development of Chris's, Chris Pratt's character um, as an engineer who's being paid to travel to the colony and help build it and keep it functional. Oh, so okay. it's believable that he would be able to understand the schematics and manuals on board and figure out how things work on the ship, especially when he's been alone on it for over a year's time. So that's that was, I think, a well-written solution to making him the catalyst and so that there's somebody on board that can actually fix stuff. So it's believable when he does at the end. So that's all great, except for the fact, and this is the bad, um, being really depressed and lonely, he's about to kill himself when he stumbles upon the beautiful Jennifer Lawrence comfortably sleeping in her uh, hibernation pod. Mark, I don't like where this is going. He fawns over her and basically Facebook stalks her in the ship's log and has a dilemma. I feel awkward. To wake up or not to wake up. Yeah, they didn't include this part in the trailers, folks. Okay? And granted, his character does understand the repercussions of waking her up, basically marooning her with him and making the choice of how she'll spend the rest of her life instead of her grand journalistic plans. Justin, are you kind of creeped out? I'm totally creeped out. Guess what happens? I I don't want to see this movie. I'm guessing he wakes her up and ruins her life. Yes, 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 he does. Um, So, yeah, it's... It's kind of it's kind of creepy. Oh, there's no kind of about it, Mark. That's yeah, one of no, the creepiest creepy. things I've ever heard. No, it's irredeemable. And uh, and you know, I get what they're what the director and the writer were trying to do and question morality and what would you do and all that stuff, but it doesn't it it doesn't eliminate the fact that it's creepy and for your main character, hero protagonist to do an irredeemable act. Can we can we not call him the the hero? It completely ruins this story. Um, especially halfway through the movie when they fall in love and he's about to propose to her. Oh, boy. This is where Michael Sheen's robot bartender spills the beans and Jennifer Lawrence is absolutely horrified. Understandably. Understandably. Um, While the story continues and Chris Pratt's character is remorseful, even allowing Jennifer Lawrence the chance to beat him up and threaten to kill him, the act, it's just, you can't, 
you, there's you, no coming back. You from can't this. come back from that. No. And that's the biggest problem with passengers is there's no coming back. There's no coming back from that. And the ending is also unredeemable when Chris Pratt fixes the ship by opening a thermoradioactive chamber on the outside of the ship and surviving the blast with nothing but a large metal door he keeps between him. Science and common sense be damned. <laughs> this would be the fiction in science fiction? That would be the fiction in science fiction, yes. Which is, you can get past that, but the cherry on top is when Jennifer Lawrence decides to save him, the guy who oh. did this to her. And, when, and, and he gives her the chance to go back into hibernation in a separate medical pod that they, I, I, I'm blanking on why that wasn't mentioned before, that that, that that couldn't have been done before, but that they saved that for the end. But besides the point, I think the whole, ser- the, the whole scenario really oh. does a disservice to the on-screen, the on-screen chemistry Pratt and Lawrence have and leaves the paradox of what would you do in this situation with a nasty Stockholm Syndrome taste in your mouth. I'm pretty sure I wouldn't have saved Chris Pratt. Yeah, it's just, it's just convo- – it's so it, – it's – it's just it's weird and it's creepy and I couldn't get past that and it ruined the movie for me. Well, this I is spe- like yeah, this is like um, children who find out their parents who raised them all their lives kidnapped them from their biological parents and now there's nothing to be done. It's there's just no like, it's, coming back from no. That. It's a huge betrayal that you just that you can't like that you can't take back. And I'm sorry, but I feel like they're doing the Jennifer Lawrence character a little bit of a disservice. Uh, let, l- l- yeah, just let, saying, oh, but it's the end of the movie, and you just saved the ship, and oh, you're so cute, and you're dreamy so eyes, Chris Pratt, without, and I love you anyway. Without giving away the ending, Mark, am I to understand that Jennifer Lawrence and Chris Pratt's characters go ride off into the sunset together, happily ever after? Yeah, until they, they die, and the ship finally makes it to the, the colony. So, so what would I have done differently, I, Mark? I'm. I don't know if you can fix this. No, that's very. It's very simple to fix this, and it all comes to down to story structure. That's what it's all about. And sometimes it only takes one little decision in that vein to make or break the blueprint for a great film. And I think Passengers did have a lot of makings to be a really entertaining, a really thought provoking film, and it could still be thought provoking without the without so much of the creepiness and the Stockholm syndrome factor at the end of it. Okay, so number one, my biggest fix, don't make Chris Pratt actually do it. Don't make him actually wake her up. He can still think about it because that's the dilemma when you're alone on a ship for a year and you know you're going to live the next 50 to 60 years alone. And that that is that is the conflict and the dilemma you're going about. And you can still have the conundrum, which I think Pratt actually plays well with Michael Sheen in the bartending scenes. But he's more of a hero for not giving into the temptation. And he has the potential for redemption. Right. Even though he had these kind of creepy and he kind of still stalked her out a little bit. And that's kind of weird and told Michael told Michael Sheen about it. But so when Michael so when Chris Pratt is on the verge of killing himself, make the robot do it. Right, because the robot is part of the ship. Right. And make him more of like, you know, a Hal character. From like a 2001 A Space Odyssey, which I know is, is you know, paying homage. Sure. Or stealing. Sure. Or ripping off a, a sci-fi trope. But you make it a little more interesting because it's an actual physical character. Right. And and the, the writer, John Spates, has a little bit of experience writing this type of character because he wrote one like Michael Fassbender in David in Prometheus. Right, right, right. So, and yeah, okay, he's kind of repeating a character, but... I really think that this would actually this would actually save the movie because 
the whole human emotion versus technology trope, it's been done before, but if you make Michael Sheen's character more connected to the ship and what's happening with the ship, then he has a total valid reason for waking Jennifer Lawrence up through the ship's computer system because he would know the ship is dying and so would and the 5,000 other people right. would be dying if Chris Pratt doesn't get his act together. The, the needs of the many outweigh, outweigh the, the needs, needs of, of the few. Gone! But anyway, so if Pratt kills himself, the ship and 5,000 others would die anyway, so waking Lawrence up would cheer him up, and then together they can fix the ship to complete the voyage. Right. Then the rest of the movie can play out and is way more believable at the end for Lawrence to forgive Pratt because while he thought about it and kind of made Sheen choose her, Pratt didn't actually do it didn't want Michael Sheen's character to do it. And there's a whole other series of what-would-you-do scenarios between the human side of Pratt and Lawrence and the AI side of Sheen and technology deciphering human emotions versus a logical situation with only one solution that affects them right. all. And, and his crime at that point is inception. He's put the idea out there for the, the computer right. or right. the character, it's, Michael Sheen character, right. to then follow the the thought to its, its terminus of right. waking her up. Exactly. But then, like... After the initial horrified trauma of figuring it figuring right. it out and Chris Pratt going, it wasn't me. I didn't want him to do it. I didn't right, ask right, you to right. do it. You can have that. You can have that drama of Jennifer Lawrence still going ballistic on him. Right. But then there's room for redemption. Redemption, because then Chris Pratt's monologue about how lonely he was and everything, and despite all that, I still didn't. I didn't do it. I didn't right. want to do it. And I'm sorry that that that. I can I'll never forgive myself for the the ship actually doing this to you. Right. And there's room at the end for Jennifer Lawrence to ultimately forgive Chris Pratt because they have been on this journey for over a year and a half. Or so so to speak in the movie right. of falling movie in love. Movie time. Yeah, gotcha. exactly. So that's how I would fix Passengers. Mark, I haven't seen Passengers. It sounds horrific and nightmarish. Well, I like I like your idea much better. To be fair, there are those people who feel the same way, Justin, and feel the same way as me, as uh, Passengers only has a 31% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Really? Which makes it rotten. It has a score of 41 out of 100 on Metacritic. Um, Cinema Score gave it a B, which, okay. And it actually does have a 7.0 on IMDb. Really? Which I was kind of surprised about, because I felt like this whole Stockholm Syndrome creepy, like, um, stalkerish scenario would kind of turn more people off, and I know it has because it's definitely. I, I'm not the first person to like talk about this topic. I don't right. want this. Isn't like a grand revelation. It's an opinion that's been out there. Right. But if I had to write this movie myself and have that idea, how would I have not made it creepy and horrific? Right. That's how I would have done it. All right. Well, if you enjoyed this installment of Mark Fixes a Movie, if you take issue with any of the points that were made during this minisode, we'd love for you to write into the show at uh, thisishappeningamerica at gmail.com, and we'd love to hear your thoughts. I'm Justin. And I'm Mark, coming Thanks. to you somewhere, somehow, someway from somewhere in America. Bang rang. You can find past episodes of the show on iTunes and Google Play. Our website is thisishappeningamerica.com. There you can find links to our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter accounts, as well as a link to our Patreon page where you can become a subscriber. I'm Justin Marr for This Is Happening America. Thanks for listening. Bangarang. We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time.